Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. We're here today with episode 241 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. Today we have a fun one from Stone's Gambling Hall. Correctly named because they definitely like to gamble there. Um, before we get to it, if you have not already, I suggest you go to PokerCoaching.com. That is my poker training site where I have lots of quizzes, challenges. It's unlike any other poker training site that exists because I actually put you in the action and force you to make decisions. And then I give you my feedback in real time. So check it out. You can get a completely free trial over at pokercoaching.com. We are playing 1-3 with a you know, little $10 straddle. And it folds around to Yo Teach, who raises to $30 out of her $32, out of her $62 stack. So a very, very tiny stack for Yo Teach. If you're gonna be playing with a $10 big blind, uh, you should probably be in for a little bit deeper. That said, you know, if everyone's just going to be splashing around, you can, you certainly can uh, play short stack and have a nice edge because they're going to be betting each other off of hands with equity. That said, if you do start with only six big blinds, it's like we're playing a very shallow stacked poker tournament to some extent where you look at your cards, figure out if you have an edge, and you just shove all in. In this scenario, notice if she just went all in for the whole um, $62, then... You know, she's going to get called by sixes and maybe even fours, but she's going to be a huge favorite, and that's nice. Instead, now, when she makes it 32, maybe she ends up having to fold this hand some portion of the time. Like, say it comes king-queen two. Well, eights shrivel up a bit, even though she only has 30 bucks left. So I would have just opened jam. That's going to allow you to realize your equity well, and you also make some hands like jack-10 fold. So anyway, she makes it 30. Now we're in a weird scenario where Johanna has sixes on the button, I think you just want to re-raise with your sixes here to try to get heads up with the person who put in $30. Or if you think Yo Teach must have a really good hand to make it 30 out of her $62 stack, you could even fold. Because if Yo Teach is doing some weird strategy where she is um, raising to 30 with her great hands and jamming her marginal hands, then sixes doesn't do too well. But if I was in this game, I would have just made it 60 and been fine getting it all in. You want to make it 60 instead of like 160, because if you make it 60, you can still fold if someone yet to act has a big stack and re-raises you. Like uh, we see Gina here with uh, pocket fours in the straddle, right? If she decides to go all in, you can find a fold. Anyway, we see a flop three-way. Gina calls with pocket fours. So we have eights against sixes at four against fours. Flop comes queen seven two. I'm sorry, there's no two. Queen seven six, two diamonds, giving pocket sixes a set. So Johanna flops a set on the button and um, Gina checks and then Yotich checks the eights. With only $30 left and a $94 pot, I think you just wanna go ahead and put your $30 in. Even if uh, we were three ways with deep stacks, I think eights probably still just wants to put out a bet here because there are so many awful turns. And obviously here she's, she's in very bad shape, but you don't know that. And if it does go check, check, check on the flop, your opponents realize their equity so well. This is one of the rare instances where if eights, if the sixes did not flop a set, uh, the eights would have been in great shape. But very often your opponents are going to have various overcards that are either going to bluff the turn or just get there with a better pair. So I think you want to make a small bet with the eights. If I was here in this scenario, I would definitely have gone all in for the 30. Anyway, she checks, and now it's on Johanna with a set on the button. Unfortunately for her, both her opponents have nothing, so it's probably just going to be a bet. 
and then not a lot of action. Pops $94. She decides to bet 60, which I think is perfectly fine. And now Gina with pocket fours on queen seven six has to fold. The reason you should fold here is because either Johanna has a queen or seven or six, in which case you lose, or she has a draw of some sort, which is usually going to be a straight draw or a flush draw or something. And you're in very bad shape. So you just have to fold these fours. Gina has been playing overly sticky. She seems to not be folding at all anytime she has anything. And you have to understand, when you see flops very multi-way, someone's going to have something pretty good most of the time. And if it's not you, then it is probably someone else. So Gina, I understand you have a backdoor flush draw with a four of diamonds. You have a backdoor straight draw, but it's a bad straight draw. It's a bad flush draw. I like Gina a lot and I want to help her out. You must fold here because you're just going to be in terrible shape. Now, um, funny enough, Yo Teach gets to fold because she realizes someone's probably going to have the uh, queen or the seven or the six or queen, queen or draw that has her in marginal shape. It looks like she did reload, by the way. Um, so the graphics may be slightly wrong. Maybe she actually had 160 or 100, 160 to start. Doesn't really make a difference. When it goes bet call on the flop, you must get out of there with your um, with your pocket eights. All right, turns a ten of spades, and somehow it goes check check, which I hate from Johanna. In this scenario, when the turn is a ten, yes, you lose to nine eight, but you're so deep stacked to the point where you could bet a hundred dollars, get lots of value from a seven, get a lot of value from a queen. Notice if Gina does have eight seven for middle pair. She's not going to fold when the turn's a ten. If she has a flush draw, you get to get uh, money in while you're ahead. And uh, a backdoor flush draw came in, which or came on the turn, which is not relevant. It's, it's relevant, but not that relevant. But it is still something you don't mind protecting against. Like imagine Gina's just sitting here with king six of spades and the turn's a ten of spades. Well, now she just picked up a boatload of equity and she's never folding. And we've seen that Gina's a bit of a calling station, so you want to be value betting. The way you beat people who call too much is to value bet with your best hands. And obviously, pocket sixes is a great hand here. Maybe in some world, Johanna was afraid that Gina had a straight, because 9-8 turned to straight. And, you know, it, you could be against a straight, but you could also be against many other hands that would be more than happy to put lots of money in, like 7-6 or queen 10 or just uh, queen, queen four, or pocket fours for all we know. And I think that Johanna needs to bet for sure. You always want to be betting with your sets in almost all scenarios, especially bottom set, because when you have bottom set, you can get paid easily by top pairs, which should be a large chunk of Gina's range. Anyway, River comes a five, and Gina now decides to bet, presumably as a bluff. Pot's 214, Gina bets 85. Huh. So when Gina bets 85, can she expect Johanna, who has, you know, plenty of chips, she's wearing a captain's hat for those who are listening to this on iTunes. Can you really expect someone wearing a captain's hat to fold any pair? I don't know, but I would not try to make someone wearing a captain's hat fold. Some people just don't like to fold. And also everyone knows Gina's a little bit loose, a little bit aggressive. And against people who are a little bit loose and a little bit aggressive, they are probably not going to fold. So if I was sitting here in Johanna's shoes and I had... 8-7 for middle pair, third pair. I'm just calling. Yes, it's unfortunate. Yes, you're probably going to lose. But if your opponent is bluffing too often, you're just going to make so much money by calling. 
And you're getting great pot odds here. You have to put in 85 to win a pot that's going to be 385. So you need to be good like 23% of the time or something like that. Even if you're good like 30% of the time, you're still printing money. I think that's something a lot of people forget. Uh, whenever you are facing a bet on the river, you're usually getting very good pot odds. And when you're getting very good pot odds, you don't need to fold anything that's reasonable if your opponent is the least bit loose and aggressive. Now, maybe you can read into bet sizing some from Gina. I mean, if I was in this scenario, I would think Gina has a queen a lot, maybe a 10 a lot, maybe a 7 a lot. I would not expect her to have just a total bluff. And I would not expect her to have a very, very strong hand. So I would definitely think that her range is very condensed at this point, meaning it doesn't contain the best hands, it doesn't contain garbage. Turns out she was bluffing. Interestingly enough, what if you are going to bluff with a hand like fours, you often want to use a small sizing. So I actually like, I don't mind the sizing if you are going to use the sizing because whenever you bet with pocket fours, sporadically your opponent will call with ace jack or ace king and you'll win. <laughs> so this time the real question becomes, should Johanna raise? So nine, eight came in on the turn. Maybe she knows Gina would always leave, lead with 9-8. If that's the case, you don't have to worry about that. And a backdoor flush came in on the river, which is relevant uh, because that's certainly a, a, a hand that Gina would check call flop with, check, check, turn, and then bet river. But I imagine Johanna probably thinks that Gina would bet much bigger with a flush. And Gina should bet bigger with a flush in this spot because she would also like to bet big with a lot of the busted flush draws. Uh, there's a front door flush draw that missed, backdoor flush draw came in. If you have um, a backdoor flush here, you want to be blasting it, like like big, real, real big. So I think it's pretty safe for Johanna to put in a raise. The question becomes, if you raise, will Gina ever bluff re-raise you? And that's where we have to figure out how crazy Gina actually is. She may, may be willing to do it, I'm not sure. If you are going to raise here, you're trying to get called by a queen or a 10. So... If Johanna's going to raise, it does not need to be very big. So Gina bet 85. I think I'd make it 200. If you start making it much more than 200, you're going to risk Gina folding out a lot of the marginal made hands, like queen nine that would bet like this. And it looks like Johanna did make it 240. That's probably fine. I think in these scenarios, whenever you are going for thin value, to, or you're going, to, going for value to try to exploit your opponent's perhaps slightly calling station tendencies... It's really tough to know the right amount because imagine Johanna's bet is just better. Imagine 200 gets called exactly the same amount as 240. That means that 240 is just strictly a better bet. And you're just getting paid $40 more every time she calls. If you're getting paid $40 more every time she calls, then, I mean, that, that's huge, especially when you're playing 1-3. I mean, really, we're playing 1-3-10, but four big... Oh my goodness, is she getting calling chips out? Um, even... Four big blinds is, is a large amount that you can print just by making a slightly bigger raise. Now, Gina here has a really easy fold. She beats essentially nothing um, besides busted flush draws. You'd have to presume Johanna would keep betting on the turn with a flush draw, queen, queen high flush draw. And please fold, Gina. You got to fold. Looks like she's she seems like she's maybe going to call. For those watching on or listening on YouTube, she has her chips out. She's counting them out. She may be folding now that she's taken this long. Listen, pocket fours here are just so bad. You beat literal or you lose to literally everything besides a diamond draw. And you have a four of diamonds in your hand, Gina. It's not that relevant, but you know you block ace four, king four of diamonds, five four of diamonds. 
you lose to 5-4 anyway. <laughs> so you just got to fold here. Maybe she wanted to try to get a read on Johanna. Maybe she wanted to try to put her in the pressure cooker and try to get her to um, not make bluffs in the future. But wow, she did end up calling. Gina, you got to fold. So listen, Gina, we're having a heart-to-heart -heart with you right now. Pre-flop, it's probably fine. On the flop, you just have to check fold. Notice if you check fold on this flop, you would have lost almost no money, 30 bucks. On the turn, I'm sorry, on the flop, you have to fold. So yeah, fold the flop. And then on the river, if you do turn your hand into a bluff, sure, that's fine. It turns out you were value betting. But once you get raised here, especially if you have a diamond in your hand, you just have to fold. And you don't have a spade, which means Johanna actually could have a backdoor flush very easily. I understand that the four diamonds and the four spades may not seem like that relevant of blockers, but they do matter a little because you block ace four and king four. Also four three, but you lose to four three anyway because a straight came in. Really, you're not beating much. And I don't know if Johanna's a lunatic or not. Um, she is wearing a captain's hat, which you don't see very often. So maybe she is a lunatic. But your hand is so bad to call with in this spot, you just have to fold. I mean, you have to realize you have a lot of queens in your range, which can beat some perhaps value raises. And also some of Johanna's bluffs may sporadically beat you. Like imagine she's sitting here with eight, sitting here with eight five of ace five of diamonds and decides, you know what, I'm just going to try to bluff raise. It'd be really bad for you to call and lose there. Um, very often your actual hand doesn't matter if you think your opponent's polarized to the nuts or nothing. What matters is do you beat all the bluffs? And the problem with fours is that every once in a while it won't beat all the bluffs. And that is, that's where you really get wrecked. So that's going to be it for today. I want to thank you all for being here for Weekly Poker Hand. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, let me know on Twitter. And make sure you get your free membership over at PokerCoaching.com. I've done a lot of work at that site to bring you awesome poker training that you can't get anywhere else. So go collect that. Good luck in your games. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next week.